All right, everybody, welcome back to The Occasional Barista. We are joined now, um, of course, we have Chris McCall still here with us, and we're now joined by two of our friends, if you want to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm DM. I'm a not a barista, just a normal <laughs> <laughs> And, like, how many years in the industry have you been? Um, and... It's been, like, around three years and a half now. Three years yeah. and a half within the industry, and then what was your last position? So I used to be... Uh, manager at Seven Seas Roasting Company uh, location in Aliso Viejo mm-hmm. um, one week ago. Like, one week ago. Now, still, I'm fresh. still fresh. Yeah, still I'm fresh. fresh. <laughs> I was the exact same thing. And of course, it hasn't even degassed. <laughs> <laughs> still blooming. Nice. Barista jokes. <laughs> Barista dad jokes. Yes. yes. And Jordan? Yeah, uh, my name is Jordan Rabe, and I am just getting my feet wet in the uh, coffee industry, actually, with Chris, and he's bringing me on with uh, at Little Lunch Coffee, and I am uh, starting as one of the managers there, so. Yeah, so yeah. it's really nice, and I feel like we have, of course, a bunch of different people here now with different stages of their, you know, experience with coffee, of course, mm-hmm. and I think that's really going to give some insights in regards to Again, some of the things that we may have even forgotten when we first started, you know, getting into coffee that honestly, even for people who've been in the coffee industry, five, 10, 20 years, might even sometimes forget that once somebody brings it up, who has a very fresh perspective on it, will definitely enlighten even the most experienced and, you know, elite people. So um, we really want to kind of give Jordan a chance to kind of ask any questions that he might have, and I'm sure it will relate to a lot of you listening. Yeah, um, I guess as far as questions go, Chris was kind of saying this earlier, he's been one of my greatest resources, as you guys could probably argue as well, correct? (laughs) And um, yeah, he was just mentioning how he's kind of talked my ear off and definitely has been just feeding me lots of resources and just kind of honestly answering all the questions that I may already have as far as uh, what to pick up for taste, even dialing an espresso, for instance. Um, we've been doing some behind bar training, which has been the very first time I've actually been behind bar, and mm-hmm. also knowing what recipes to follow and what uh, taste knows to look for. And um, as far as that, just tr- experiencing stuff, trying stuff out, mm-hmm. tasting. Um, for instance, he Chris has been wonderful as far as doing, um, I guess, home roasting stuff or just making Mm -hmm. a pour over at my house. He's actually (laughs) listed out in a a note uh, within his iPhone as far as um, how to bloom. Whole brew guide, uh, yeah. Whole brew guide and also (laughs) made it really fun too, not just like step by step. Mm -hmm. Also threw in some comedic humor like... (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) But I'll start playing uh, Ice Cubes. Uh, Today was a good day. Mm. And um, just little things like that. And also, yeah, Yeah. making it fun for me, which I feel like when you are going into whatever job that is, that's, you should enjoy what you're doing. Of course. Chris has slowly showed me what community and what an environment, a stable work environment should be. When you are getting into something, especially this this new field of coffee, which is for myself, um, I would say, and especially something that you brought up that is like for you going and having someone like Chris, like when you're going and he's talking you through tastings and he's talking you about like processes behind bar. Sure. What has been like a couple of the most like surprising things for you that you would have never suspected before 
and about tasting even, you know, sure. coffee in general? Um, I guess just overall, just changing my mindset of what coffee is. Um, let me just go back. I guess what, we, what Chris was talking about, his introduction into coffee, um, I guess everyone has their own perspective or experience. Mine was Folgers from my parents. You know, there we go. Folgers, best part of waking classic, up, right? That classic air. Exactly. <laughs> and... Um, so yeah, that was my, I guess, introduction into coffee, making coffee for my parents. Like, you just throw some teaspoons in that <laughs> coffee filter, this much water, yeah. pour that in, press start, mm-hmm. serve me that cup of coffee when it's ready. Yeah. And um, that's what I grew up what coffee um, was to me. And as a kid, that, yes, it smells good, but when you taste it, you're like, it tastes like tar. This is something <laughs> that I don't really genuinely like. And then, yeah. I guess, just growing up, going to college, which is where I heavily was lying on coffee and caffeine, <laughs> um, changed my perspective as far as what coffee should be like and what it should taste like, or at least what I think what coffee should taste like. And I guess come to now, learning a lot from Chris, getting to go behind bar and also just making coffee. Sorry, my, my perspective is tasting coffee without having to add in more to it. For mm-hmm. instance, I feel like in college I was just throwing in your coffee make creamer with a little dash of coffee, you know what I mean? Just because yeah. I felt like I was so familiar with the sweet coffee just from Starbucks, you know, getting yeah. a frappuccino, yeah. getting a mocha. And I finally came to the consensus that I was kind of tired of a mocha. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, in it, in slow, you had a lot of, um, I think there's like a good chunk of specialty shops too, absolutely. right? So like you already had oh, exposure. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So he was aware that there's other things he could try and like yeah, stuff out exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, when I was going to college, I was studying and frequent, frequenting all these small coffee shops. Scout coffee was one of them. Linnea's cafe. Um, there's one, uh, blanking right now. But anyways, there's just a whole hub of yeah. craft coffee and, I saw the amount of work that the baristas were putting in and saw all these specialty drinks and I was curious, other than having just my normal mocha, mm-hmm. I would ask the barista, I'm like, hey, what's what's something that you, like, basically, like, dealer's choice, can you make me something that you think I would enjoy? They'd mm-hmm. ask what I was familiar with and yeah. I'd give them some input and they would give me something and for the most part, I always enjoyed it and that's where I kind of built that culture within that. I'll just say Scout Coffee. I've drinked Scout Coffee a lot. <laughs> uh, the first time I met Jordan, I served him an espresso. Yeah. And so, like, he had already <laughs> been on that journey, I yeah. feel, now that we're talking about it. Yeah, here, yeah. like, came into Ayosa, yeah. said, hey, can I get a shot of espresso? And do you have any sparkling water? And I was like, <laughs> whoa, who are you? Yeah. yeah, so, like, he was he was already moving on it. And I think even, Al, you know, Allie was there at the time, and I think even she had said, like, oh, yeah, this is Jordan, and he's been trying, like, coffee and wants to see what you guys have. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was funny. Like, I'm like, oh, somebody that's familiar, this is, like, great, and it was a great opportunity. And um, At least he's not afraid of it. You yeah, know, A lot of right. people have that fear mm-hmm. and intimidation of espresso because mm-hmm. they think it's such, like, this overpowering, yeah. robust, like, sure. interface flavor. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, yeah, it, it's it, funny. But how, it, it is, though. I think that's something that we encounter. It's like, there's balanced. a lot of bad coffee being yeah. made. Yeah, and that's what your perception is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. growing up with Folgers makes sense because yeah. that's all that was, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your status and, quo. Yeah, so, yeah, it's funny you bring that up. Um, yeah, I was just trying to experiment things, and obviously if people are drinking espresso, there's something to it, right? Yeah. Even specialty drinks, like someone's going to make this recipe for this to provide an experience for someone. And 
I'm open for these experiences and I, I like the engagement and also I'm I like learning new things mm-hmm. and um, I come from a just a, a, a martial arts background I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I, I like having that just that white belt perspective of just being a sponge and That's learning awesome. things and yeah. trying yeah. things out for what they are and trying to match that experience mm-hmm. and just picking up things um, that I think is different or um, yeah, just trying to, like I said, trying to match that experience, bring out those tasteless flavors that is on that bag or what Chris is explaining and learning. Being how, a white belt. <laughs> yeah. How, like, long ago were you in, that you first had that experience at San Luis Obispo? You said, um, what was the coffee shop that you frequented? Scout Coffee. Scout Coffee, right? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to hear, like, you, which is super, like, it's neatly, you know, it's so nice to hear that you actually had good experience with baristas you're open enough to go and say, hey, like, help me out. Like, I'm just really curious, like, about coffee. Sure. And they were able to help you out just by you giving a few inputs of what your taste was at. And I think that's, again, like, it, of course, counters, like, what Chris was talking about, his experience at Portola, which might have been sure. a little bit more intimidating. Yeah. But, like, what was the timeline on that? Where That was uh, 2013. Which is interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right when that coffee shop was fairly new, too, and had just lots of great aesthetics that I really enjoyed. So I was curious, had my backpack and all, all my books mm-hmm. and stuff, and I just walked, stumbled upon in, and I'm pretty sure I got a mocha. <laughs> and were you, were you ever intimidated by specialty coffee or barbaristas, or not, not particularly? Um, not necessarily. I think that's just my, me, that's my personality. Nice. I, I like... He's disarming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm, I'm a curious person. I'm not afraid to ask, and nor mm-hmm. I don't have shame in, like, failing at things or, yeah. or asking what people may say dumb questions, but yeah. I feel like there isn't a necessarily a dumb question if you have intention of what you're asking. Yeah, good intentions yeah. and wanting... And, like, I think... Yeah. See, and I wish I was more like you when I first got into coffee because I was actually intimidated yeah. as well trying to get into specialty coffee at first just because... I knew of Ayosa, the place I eventually wound up going to mm-hmm. and working, right? But I was so afraid and overthinking of what I'm going to order. I looked up, like, all these things in regards to, like, all right, what, what do baristas choose? And what's the, like, coffee choice for baristas? And I looked online. It was cappuccino. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, the first time in, I quickly was, like, like, didn't even let the guy say, like, oh, hi, how's it going? I was, like, oh, can I have one cappuccino, please? Like, just, like... T- Cutting them off. Oh, that was my experience yeah. because, like, yeah. cappuccino is just the word you know that's no. associated yeah. with coffee. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah. how many cappuccinos <laughs> did I drink when I was a barista? Like zero. <laughs> yeah. So that's just one of those things, and I hated it too. When I was like, when I first got into it, and I was like, this is specialty coffee. It still doesn't taste great. But um, and also curious, DM, were you ever intimidated uh, getting into coffee? Because you have quite a different background than us in regards to being in Vietnam at least for a bit, and then. I was born and raised in Vietnam, like straight up a coffee country, but I actually never like been into that kind of like coffee, cause we mostly like drink a lot like black coffee in the south, you know, condensed milk and coffee is the the north thing, oh. so it's super black like strong black coffee where I live like Saigon. Mm-hmm. So, but I never into it because they consider like in the culture like kid cannot drink coffee. Mm-hmm. So my parents never let me try anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I started like in college, like senior year, not even like before that. Mm-hmm. So I just, just like Jordan, I drink just to live 
with the like pull all nighter for sturdy, mm-hmm. like drip coffee tray, cream and sugar and stuff. But then um, I wander around a lot of like from Portland. I live in Portland for seven years. Yeah. And then you know that's the heart of like especially coffee that as people say. Yeah. And I wander around all the coffee shop just to get a place to stay there, the vibe and then sturdy Wi-Fi and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but um. The blade that got me into this kind of like special coffee is barista. The barista. Yeah, they like I found like they really cool looking like all barista <laughs> wear apron, all the button up like just like yeah. professional like vivo. Yeah. And yeah. like how they like um run the machine and stuff. I'm like, dude, how can they do that? Like it looks so cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm really like talking to them and stuff. They cool too. Then I started like graduate and moved to California, which I felt like, wow, it's they have specialty coffee. Like maybe I can try it as my plan was going PhD for my major, but then I'm like, maybe it's not for me. I want more socialize with people. And I realize how Barista in this industry like interact with people which I'm looking for. Yeah. Oh. So, and it was, so no intimidation, it, but a barista though is really what kind of sparked your interest in coffee. Yeah. Getting that conversation. I mean like, I'm still, I was scared, like going mm-hmm. like, what should I order? Maybe I look stupid if I ask, you yeah, know, so like, some, yeah, yeah, like, I, I don't yeah. want to just order random stuff and then like, you don't know what latte is, what cappuccino, I actually don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, that's what you gotta look at. And you up. come to find yeah. everyone does it differently. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 a struggle too. Um, yeah, it's definitely interesting to hear that everyone has such a different experience. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a barista for me that finally opened the door for even Ayosa. His name was Aaron Dwarf, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he's over. Last time I checked, it was Hopper and Burr. Right. Um, but yeah, this is a guy who basically like he was one of the first baristas that like really made me feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's such a relief for somebody who's intimidated. Yeah. You know, he didn't feel like I was talked down to just, he's like a classic surfer kid at the time, you know? And it was like, really, that was the guy. And honestly too, it wasn't even like he did that much. It was just him just being like a genuine human being, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I felt comfortable after that. You couldn't get me out of Aosa. As Chris found out, you know, <laughs> I had like to offer seeing... him a job for him to want to yeah. leave that place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like in the past, like maybe two thousand seventeen, around that time, like mm-hmm. it's really hard to have like good conversation, like have first or actually open up to you first, just to yeah. talk. Oh, to sure. You. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, I, and th- I always talk about this with Ali, you know, my girlfriend who I met through Ayosa because. As someone who was in a management position and I was running the social media, like there were a lot of attractive girls I would have loved to interact with over the bar, but like mm-hmm. there's a certain like professional aspect that I carried with myself. So yeah. like she teases me that I worked there for years and like never really overtly hit on her. And yeah. I was like, I didn't want to be that creepy barista. Like I thought that that's sure. the strictly thing that I should be avoiding. Yeah, strictly. <laughs> so I mean, I definitely I think there was only there was a small handful of people um, that I can probably count on one hand that I actually had real genuine conversations with that became friends. Yeah. Um, and it's just because I wasn't as open to that, I didn't necessarily yeah. want to expose myself in that setting because I was like. You know, obviously scared of judgment, but also wanted to keep that professional edge and not like be like, oh yeah, I love to like play video games and smoke weed. It's not what every person wants to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I didn't want to put that tone out there as, like I said, somebody in management. So 
I think as much as it is your job to give an experience and to culture that welcoming environment, it can be really tough to do too. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that for me was I was not in like what my like home or like my resting place was, so to speak, with AOSA. Like mm -hmm. it just wasn't the shop for me. Yeah. So made it difficult to connect with more people there. I think it's interesting too how you say like manager, as a manager, you have certain, you know, like standards to kind of uphold. Um, but to even kind of go yeah. to somebody who's like going to just be starting off to like, just how about just a barista? Like, how would you define barista? Like, how would you define their tasks their responsibilities? Like, what is a barista to you even just like in the sense of the term? Yeah, that, that, that changed for me a lot. Yeah. Um, it really changed for me after my experience with coffee dose too. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I definitely thought... I took such an approach early on that you have to serve great coffee. Like that that was the primary focus. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do, you're someone's paying for a service and you need to deliver on that service. And that service doesn't necessarily have to include the experience. Mm -hmm. um, now that doesn't mean I like welcomed or invited or participated in like a pretentiousness behind the bar like I've experienced. Um, but I wasn't going out of my way to just give a great experience, first and foremost, which yeah. I think is the real seller. Mm -hmm. like when you talk about Aaron Dwarf. Mike, you know, the owner of Aosa, used to talk so much about Arendorf. Yeah. And I think it was that experience. He left such lasting impressions on people, including Mike. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was always confused by it because I knew I made the better cup of coffee. Yeah. Like, I knew I had more experience and more training and at the time probably just had access to better coffees. Yeah. And I would serve that to Mike and be like, why are you not more impressed with <laughs> what this is and what yeah. I've done here? Um, and that, that, you know, had come around full circle after coffee dose where... I realized there was actually a lot of value in coffee dose where we'd have people who had no interest in coffee, mm -hmm. only interest in the branding, yeah. but we could sell them good coffee and then they'd be like, oh, well, I paid $10 for a pretty latte that actually was good. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm actually starting to like coffee or they'd ask mm -hmm. questions. So That's like that branding and the experience that we were trying to give, um, you know, albeit one that was required and not necessarily as natural, um, was still like disarming people and like knocking down barriers. And so that was really cool. And so I think uh, my perspective has changed a lot and that it is all about experience. Like mm -hmm. you can almost also push whatever your agenda is, whether it's like educating people about coffee, educating people about the barista struggle, um, wanting to push your own agenda in terms of like, hey, I also do art, check out my art. Like you want to connect with people or network with people. I think first and foremost, it starts with an experience. Yeah. Like if you can create a memorable experience, a positive experience, that's a hard thing that people like other businesses can't always replicate, you know? So that's yeah. what's going to make you the most unique. Um, so yeah, I think that's the pivotal thing that I would look for. You know, I, like I said, I used to think, I definitely think re paying respect to the coffee and providing a good product is huge because... Yeah. Anyone that makes a bad cup of coffee is unfortunately like tainting the industry in a sort of way. But um, yeah, it's the experience, man. Yeah. It's about yeah. being a person. Jordan, would you like, not that this, he might have biased you now in regards to your answer. No, don't let him bias you. But coming in, again, coming in too, because like, again, you've had experience in the service industry before. Mm -hmm. And I think it might be interesting to hear, again, your fresh perspective in regards to what a barista is. Um, and again, if it's the same thing, because I, again, I agreed a lot with what Chris said, sure, for sure, sure. 100%, but um, just kind of going into, like, what's the difference, too, between, like, a barista's job and responsibilities and who a barista is versus, like, a waiter, you know, like, a waiter or service, you know? Yeah. I think there are so much different things, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. But we're all trying to achieve, again, the same good goal of right. customer experience, really. Yeah. But mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Sure. Well, I, I guess I'll just start my 
experience in the service industry. Um, I've worked at a deli all throughout college when I moved to San Luis Obispo. I worked at a deli called Gus's Grocery, and I, I went in there as just a normal sandwich maker, mm-hmm. usually closing shifts. But <laughs> and um, throughout that, I just learned learned about customer service and customer experience, and I kind of climbed up that that small business ladder in the management pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and ended up working there physically for about eight years. <laughs> okay, eight years making sandwiches, yeah. and uh, all while going to to college and also working other jobs. I also worked at a at a restaurant called Slow Brew, which was a restaurant and also a brewery, mm-hmm. and also a little nightlife club at night okay. just, uh, in Slow for the college town that it was. Yeah. Um, so quite the array. Yeah, quite the array. Also jobs. working like physical therapy too, where yeah. I was just working with patients hands-on and also training experiences because I really value people's time. and. Yeah. People, for instance, coming into a physical therapy thing uh, session for like an hour of their time, you know, and I want to make sure their time there is useful and somewhat memorable. You know, if I can, if I can make that experience a little bit better, why not? Yeah. And I guess that comes into being now a barista. Like you want to create that experience. People are going to come into your spot first thing in the morning, and if you could set that standard for them to have a good day and also deliver a really great product and build that experience and that community for them to come back. I feel that's like a really beautiful thing to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is, there is an experience I have that I always recollect because it's been like a, a principle that I want to teach to other baristas getting into coffee. But when I was at Coffee Dose, um, there was an experience where one of our regulars came in. I was already starting to drink before she came in. I was working with one of the owners behind the bar that time doing some training with them. Yeah. And I hadn't worked with this specific owner that much. Um, so they, you know, what I was doing was definitely a new, new to them in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah. And um, as soon as she had come in, it started raining like hard out of the blue, just pouring. And I already knew it was kind of wet. I brought an umbrella to work. I made her drink and I was like, hey, let me walk you out to your car. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, no, it's like raining. I'll just help you into your car. Yeah. And like, don't overthink it. Like, let's go. So I walked her out. And my boss, my the owner was so shocked that he was recording me do this. And so when mm-hmm. I came back in, I was like, I was shocked that he was shocked. I was yeah. like, really? That was so out of the ordinary and like such a special thing. I was like, just I'm just taking genuine. care of my people. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. she comes in every day. She brings her husband in every day. They're in on the weekends. Yeah. They tip. They spend money. Like that's, she's part of our community, our tribe. So I was taking care of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really assimilated that to like, anyone that comes in the shop you know like you'd have this opportunity this responsibility as a barista to start someone's day or someone's week like if you let's say you work an office shop nine to five and it's miserable and the one thing you look forward to is your coffee you know Mm -hmm. to get your day started and make it through and a barista screws that up for you yeah like that could put you on tilt for the entire day, the entire week. Yeah. That could change how you interact with people. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a huge responsibility as a barista to, to like create that awesome experience, to foster that community, to like do all those good things because it actually has a bigger impact than you know. Yeah. Um, and so I, I you know, so I'm spreading kindness and you sure. know, all that kind of stuff kind of plays into that uh, mentality. But I think that's where you can set yourself apart as a barista and really elevate that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
DM you and add anything about this topic on what you your beliefs on being a barista is and what a barista should be doing. For me, just like first, it's just like chef or like pastry chef. Like joy, the people want to like connect and serve the customer or like customer is just the friend, another friend yeah. through food, through coffee, through pastry they make, and especially like you the just like Grissa. You're the first one to start a day and mm-hmm. maybe end a day too. Yeah. So no matter how your day is, you need to like always positive to make your customer like day better too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think barista jobs mm-hmm. are actually more difficult than you anticipate. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Put your own so. stuff aside and, and show up for other people essentially. Mm-hmm. But what I think is fascinating, and again, I agree with everything that you guys said, but the at the core of it all, like really no one else really said, talked about coffee. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like being think, a barista yeah, is... coffee's the vessel. Yeah, yeah. Is, is all about people. And what's so sad is that you see today, like many people get that feeling that baristas are only about coffee, not the customer experience. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying every shop, and I'm saying, again, luckily, we've I feel like we've slowly but surely been able to change most people's minds about baristas Mm -hmm. just based off of like seeing again like um our own experiences making great connections you know really having it but for the people who might you know look at being a barista as like again i admit i was at fault for just romanticizing coffee as just it's all about this craft you don't care about like I, as it, when I first thought about being a barista, not once did I think about the customer. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, hundred fifty percent. Not once did it, when I was romanticizing about being a barista was I like, I gotta meet all these people, and I gotta serve all these people drinks and their lattes. No, no, no. But leaving, um, and honestly, like, which I honestly besides this whole podcast, but for me, when I left Aosa Coffee. And I thought, I, I'm going to leave the coffee industry for good now. I'm not going to ever, like, be a barista. Honestly, knock on wood. We'll see what happens, you know, type of thing. But um, the only thing I really thought about was the connections I made. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's really what ties a lot of baristas to shops is because of, again, we meet how many hundreds of thousands of people within our community. Like Chris said, they become your community. He even said tribe, you know. Yeah. And that was like the hardest thing for me, just thinking, wow, I might like never see some of these people who I've created great connections with. Luckily, you know, through social media, I can stay connected with the ones who I really formed a bond right. with. But in reality, it's just one of those things. And when I heard customers leaving, like, hey, I'm about to move. I'm so bummed. I'm like, dude, yeah. I'm bummed. Mm-hmm. I, you helped my day every time you came in. You were a person I looked forward to serving. Right. And I think that's just like such... Like a testament to what a barista really is. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. And some it it it's crazy too. Like anytime I've left jobs like that where I foster those communities, it was tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the the toughest thing for me about leaving Coffee Dose was like telling all the people, all the regulars at between two locations yeah. that I was done and they wouldn't be able to find me there anymore until I moved on to my next project. And that like it sounds crazy, but that was a big thing that held me back from quitting. Yeah. So I was like, I actually have created like these, this community here and like these people rely on me, um, in a sense, um, as their caffeine dealer and, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was really tough to swallow that and tell people, I mean, I know a lot of people would have been like, Oh, you know, good. Like 
best of luck, whatever goes on, like I'll follow you or help you or support you, whatever. But it was still tough to like break up that thing that we had created. Mm -hmm. Now breaking up the band essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm actually really grateful. A lot of people um, uh, followed me from Ayosa, you know, yep. and still follow me from Coffee Dose at this point. You know, mm -hmm. I, heck, even you guys are testaments to that, really. Yeah. And waiting on little lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's Get it exactly open. what's yeah. been happening yeah. to me like the last week, like just one week since I left Seven Seal. Like, I have to text every single yeah. customer that I'm like have a relationship with. I'm like, yo, I'm not there yet anymore, but support them. Mm. But we're friends for life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They like, yeah. whatever you do, tell yeah. us. We're going to come to support them. Like, I'm so grateful. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. people change us. Yeah. Because we change them too. Yeah.